Welcome to It All Starts With You podcast, where young, health-centered people come to get fired up to learn the tips, tricks, and health hacks of what it takes to level up your performance. I'm your host, Michael Sack, and each week I'll be bringing you the most incredible people to share their story and knowledge in order to help you take your health to the next level. And today on the show, we have Blaze Grinner. Mate, welcome to It All Starts With You. My man, thank you for having me. Great to be here. So for those that don't know who, who you are, what or what are you what are you all about or what do you do? Uh, give us a rundown. Yeah, so um, my name's Blaze Grinner and I'm a men's coach. And so men's work right now is my whole soul purpose. And so for maybe some people in your vortex, uh, like me, maybe six, seven years ago, didn't know what men's work is, but they knew what life coaching was or they knew what personal development is. So men's work is that. Uh, but we just take out uh, the gender, the female gender. And so she's working directly with men. And so personally, I do that on the online space. And I also do it uh, um, face-to-face as well. Um, so yeah, man, that, that's it in a nutshell about who is um, and what I do. Okay. So why did you, where did, uh, where does this all, all begin? Why did you, why, why this is specifically, why men's work? Yeah, man. Um, so firstly I enjoy leadership like I, I thrive on leadership everything I've ever done I've always led so I played uh, rugby league and excelled at rugby league as a, as a kid and then a, as a teenager and I captained every team I ever played in I end up um, making I, I'm, I'm from New Zealand and, so, and I'm Maldi but I actually moved to Australia when I was four um, and yeah captain New Zealand had three NRL teams chasing me um, I was on scholarship at the age of 18 got a three-year suspended jail sentence and um, yeah just went away a little bit and I uh, didn't have that eldership or mentorship his uh, dad left when I was seven it was um, it was it was very violent towards me and mum and uh, so yeah I was always looking for eldership and so uh, then uh, football wasn't the thing I managed bars for a little bit but then got into construction um, and in the bars, I was 21, managed nightclub. And so at the age of 21, running a massive nightclub was just crazy. And then got into construction and I, I got into leadership, became a foreman at the age of 24, which was in the company I was working for. It's like the youngest by 20 years, man. And so, but the thing was, all of my teams within the construction industry, I was there for a decade, uh, they did, they excelled very, very well. And what I ha- also have this innate ability is like, I, I, I can bring people together uh, with a common goal and common mission. Uh, and the reason for that is I, I build relationships, man. Like I actually give a fuck about my team members. And so even at the age of 24, I was holding deep space for these men that come on the job sites and they had all these challenges with money and finances and emotions and alcoholism and their children and their partners. But I, I could hold that and I could talk to them and offer advice and solutions and not judge them. I saw them as a human. I knew what they wanted to do on the weekends. I knew what their children's name were. And so didn't, and, and, I would, at that stage, was what you would call, quote unquote, unconscious or not awake. Uh, age 27, had my spiritual awakening. And yeah, had this, it was a really, really profound experience and uh, ended up um, having this profound yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive uh, let's dive into oh, that. Man, I'm okay. super keen to hear. All right, lock, lock in in the seats. So, let's uh, go. Yeah, man. So, at the age of 21, I managed a bar, which meant that I had free drugs and alcohol for three years. 
And so I was very addicted to um, cocaine, uh, ice and alcohol. Um, at the age of 22, uh, someone very, very dear to me attempted suicide, slipped both his wrists. He was 18 and he, um, he, he survived. And that, that what, that's what pushed me really deep down uh, addictions um, because he blamed me that he wasn't able to talk to me about it. And so through that uh, football, it was always chasing the limelight, being the center of attention. So it wasn't the leadership from a place of uh, like integrated man leadership. It was from that uh, um, like alpha had to had to lead from for, for his to feed his ego. The nightclub was the same. I, I was a flare bartender, blow fires, all blaze, blaze, blaze. So with that limelight chasing, got the age of 27, we went to a festival. I tried LSD for the first time, had phenomenal time. So the next week, got everyone to come to my place. I was DJing, had all these women, everyone around, man. So I took two tabs of LSD, snorted two pills, and just took, like, like as much as possible. Look at me. We get into the nightclub, get in the VIP, and it all came on, man. And as it all came on, I could see the, everything, bro. I could see the entities, entities attached to everyone, the darkness. I could see the light. I could see everything, man. And I believed that I was God. And so it came on as super heavy, man. I went outside. I was talking to a homeless dude. Um, I remember I dropped my money, man. And back then I was like, a lot of cash in my wallet. He gave it back to me, man. I remember that conversation was one of the most conscious conversations I've ever had with any human ever. Um, part of this experience is like I could bend time and space. I remember like walking out in the middle of the road and I was able to slow down traffic to literally like moving so slow and then come back. Um, and they, the nightclub owner was asking me to move on. And I'm like, no, I can stay here. This is the curb. You don't own the curb. So they ran the police. Um, I bashed four police officers, so they had to get reinforcements. So it's like nine policemen. It took them to get me into a, um, into a paddy wagon. They put me in a padded cell. And in that padded cell, there was junkies like coming down off everything. Uh, they were very heavy handed with me as well. And I had a lot of jewelry on back then. And back then, uh, it was like 27, I'm 38 now, so 11 years ago. Um, ISIS was like decapitating a lot of people, man. So there's a lot of that fear, heaviness through everything. And part of this trip, as I started taking everything off, I thought that they were about to cut my head off because I thought they were ISIS and that I believed that. And all of these screams, I could hear women getting screamed and I, I'm like, they're murdering my sister. There's another sister. I was literally seeing death everywhere, man, and believing it to be quote unquote real. Next thing, I wake up and I'm in this realm man and so all there was were there was there was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people ever it's like this massive big party bro and I, I knew everyone that was like people for my whole life like every the 27 years everyone was there man but they had no legs there was like there was like torsos and there's no legs and i was like hey man what's going on what's going on because i remember when they were about to attack like the 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 trip or the vision i was having about getting being decapitated i actually said I've had a beautiful life, I let go. And then when I let go of this place. So I saw all of that. And then next thing I came back to this 3D dimension and here I am and sitting and I look around, there's padded walls in a jail cell and I'm in the full Lotus bro. And I've never meditated in my life. So like if I, and then I'm like, what the Can't make this shit up. I'll like, keep what, going. What, what was that? Like what, that was so real. And it was my first mm. direct experience of a, a different dimension, different reality. So when I finally got out, I ended up tripping for two more days and it was like really heavy. But after I came back to my body, I was super dialed in, man, because I glimpsed the light in it. 
And then I'm like, what was in this enlightenment? Like, and the only people I knew that were enlightened beings were monks. So I just went wholly and dedicated myself to Buddhism, man. Just studied Buddhism for three years and just went down that hole, man. I was going to like temples every Sunday. I was meditating every week. I was just reading Dharma. Like I'd go home from construction, just read and read and consume. Um, and then the thing was, bro, but because I didn't know what that was, I didn't tell anyone. And because so, my mates, I, 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 got, I went sober. My mates are hanging shit on me for stopping drinking. And so it was just like, well, I'm going to hide my real self from the world. And that was just a separate enemy of blaze. It was super exhausting, man. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that really started my spiritual journey, man. And so then fast forward, so I had that spiritual awakening. I started studying. I really started to look inwards and question life, everything. And I, I got really angry, man. I got really super angry because I remember, like, I, I was filthy at the government. I was filthy at the school. I was filthy at my mum and dad because everything they ever taught me was fucked. Like, you told me that was real, but it's not. I, I know it's not. And there was like all these, like literally all of the constructs of my mind that have, uh, had been taught up until then started to break down, man. And I just had this, like, this anger and resentment. And so it was really, I remember how angry it was. Man. And then, so I was in construction and then I was about, I think it was about age 29 or maybe 30 inside construction. They had this, uh, a suicide alertness um, program called Mates in Construction. And I redid what they call a connector training. So I wore this green sticker on my hard hat. Men could come up to me and I would be the connector between what their pain was to a counsellor so they could confide in me. I redid that training to be like to the cues and all that kind of stuff. But that, I had a new awareness, man. I was spiritually aware of myself now. So that suicide from 22 attempt came back to my forefront. I was able to deal with it, man. And then so I started asking bigger questions of myself. And I could see the pain on the job sites. I'm like, that what, why am I here on this planet? Like, what's my what, who? The first one was like, who am I? Because I just realized that this the avatar is just blades. Like, I'm not that. There's there's something like, who am I? And I came to that realization around consciousness, and and I am. Well, why am I here? And it was then I realized like, I'm here to help men or help people be of service. But like, construction's only got me so far. Uh, so then from that place, man, I remember journaling. I read the book Conversations with God. And I started journaling, like, what are my passions? What do I love to do? Uh, what am I really good at? Uh, if my future life, how does that look? What, how, how do I spend my time? What fam? All of that kind of stuff, man. There's this journal for days. And then sat in meditation, like, how? Show me how. What do I need to create to monetize this, to, to create this so that I can leave this nine to five? Or back then it was like four to seven. Four to seven, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, then from there, um, my uh, fiance and I created a, an adventure business here on Sunshine Coast. But then God, just, or the universe just kept pulling me towards men's work, man. So that pull has been the past four and a half years. And then, and then I was literally just trust, just trust, man. Everything just keeps downloading. Like the three-day retreat, that, that vision came to me in a breathwork session. I was doing a rebirthing session. It was our first date after our, our boy was, our eldest boy was born four years ago. And um, yeah, I got back to that place that where, where that quantum place or that nothingness that back in that padded cell, I went back there, but this time I went back to that place and I was just awareness. It was just nothing. And this voice said to me, what do you want to know? And I'm like, why am I supposed to be here this time? And it said, mm -hmm. so awesome. I've never run one. Who do I need to speak to? And it was like four avatars, like and people, the real people. It's like this person, this person, this person, this person. Three of them I knew, had a relationship with. The fourth one didn't know, but I knew of them. Uh, three months later in the first retreat, man, 
Um, and that was like four year, three years ago. And then, yeah, we literally just ran. We got the 11th one coming up in July. How, how were you able to trust all this process? Because that is fucking steep. That's no easy. That's no easy gig, mate. No, nah, man. Uh, so I've been really, really fortunate, man. So after that spiritual awakening, I had I, I, like I would just, I would just consume, and I would sit with it. Like we'd, I'd go to the temple at the Buddhism temple. I'd sit there. We had to sit, go for like three, four hours. But I sit there and talk to monks, man. I just question them and just like I just want to learn. I want to know. And then the best way that I know is through direct experiences, man. And so, yeah, started going into, um, and my, my first meditation teacher, she was amazing, man. And my Reiki master that I see, she's like, she's my spiritual mentor. And she used to run this meditation class. So it was like a chakra balance, um, but um, you do uh, 45 minutes of um, training your intuition. So she taught me how to use pendulums, how to trust that voice. Um, she'd hide stuff before we get there. And like, we had to tune in and find stuff. It was like, what the CIA is doing, man, with all the young dudes are the, that, and but she she was doing that with me from like we, I've been seeing her for like nine years, man, eight years, and um and so I've been really fortunate, man, to have all of these beautiful people come to my life that I was able to talk to about this, to ask questions, to explore, and 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 it was the more that I was able to open it up because I felt safe with these people, the more I realised that there is abilities that we all have that they don't need to get shut down. And I just need the very first thing I need to do, man, was remove myself from that circle. So that circle, when I was 27, like I couldn't go any anywhere else because that was capped out that like literally that circle is going to stay there for the rest of their life. They didn't have a growth mindset. Um, and then, yeah, my fiance has been an amazing part of that journey too, man. Cause she was like in the personal development way before me. She was the one that gently pushed me. Uh, off the edge and bought me my first workshop um, and he, uh, the, that workshop was with a gentleman by the name of Preston Smiles uh, who's a gangster he's over in the states and his uh, beautiful wife uh, Lexi Panos um, and yeah man like I ended up being uh, here's one for you bro so I had uh, I did a workshop did a workshop did one workshop with him it, it, it was a full activation it was amazing man and then I had a nose reconstruction first time it collapsed and it, 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 it's it like collapsed so I had to go back the second time but they gave me endone man so this is back six years ago gave me endone I went sideways and I relapsed and so my partner I just met man so I relapsed and went back down to Brisbane and I smoked ice got drunk drove like it was just terrible man so that was that pivotal moment in my life that I'm like this I don't ever do this again man so I started seeing a psychologist then <laughs> And then I decided that I found meditation and I could, and like, I'm like, fuck, fuck drugs and like endo. Then I went back, man, I made a commitment that I was going to meditate through the pain. I was not going to even take a Panadol, bro. And the only thing I was allowed to have was the local anesthetic. And so I had a full nose reconstruction and it was, it was like a six hour operation because it was like so bad. And the pain for that afterwards was, um, yeah, man, meditate through the whole thing. So I found this like certainty within myself, man, that I could like this sovereignty that I am not paying. Now, when that local anesthetic hit that second time, I was asleep and, and my partner was there and I sat up. I'm like, you know, that black dude that you keep telling me. And I said, we hadn't even been to his workshop yet. I'm like, you know, that black dude, that Preston, whatever his name is, that well, you want to go to that workshop, me and him are going to be in business together. And then went back to sleep, bro. <laughs> and then... 
<laughs> never done his workshop, bro. So we get to oh, that was fucking crazy. Go he on. And then and everyone, and then uh, well, literally three months later, he had a men's work program. I did that. It was called Man Cave. And on that call, there's the, uh, the last call, and uh, he's like, "Okay, does anyone want to say anything?" Like, "Yeah, bro. How do I become part of this? I want to. I want to be in business with you. Let's go." And he's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah." And sort of brushed it off. Two months later, reached out. He's like, "Man, let's build this thing." And so me, P, and, and nine men from around the world, we created Conscious Men Brotherhood. Um, so yeah, man, it's um, just just the right people, at the right time, man. Just keep coming and just trusting that, man. And, yeah, uh, and listen to the mentors, bro. That's absolutely. I'm really keen. I'm really keen to dive into. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm really keen to, to dive into gut feel. Now, a lot of there's a lot of science to there's a lot of science to prove that there is a connection between obviously our nutrition <clears throat> and our gut feel. It was yeah. like you you go into a situation and you have this quote unquote gut this quote unquote gut feel. Mm -hmm. You're not quite sure. You're not quite sure where it's coming from, a bit or from the universe or whatever. But I'm really keen to dive into it because our gut feel is neutral. There's no good or there's no bad, and this is all from experiences that I've had. How can you know when your gut feeling is leading you in a one in in a good direction or whether to question it? Mm, that's an amazing <clears throat> question, man. I remember that gut feel, bro. I was over in South America. I was with my littlest sister at the time. Uh, she was only 19. And we went to get into an Uber and I was in a country that didn't speak any English. And that gut feel, man, is like, just don't get in here. And like, it was just, okay. And I was just like, I'm going to trust that man. Like yeah. I, my body went cold. It went like ice. Yeah. And like, mm, I've been, I'm a surfer. I've been out in the ocean. It was, it was dusk. That same gut feeling came in and that coldness came in. And it's like, I didn't see a shark. I'm like, I'm going in. Yeah. It's like trusting man. And so, the way that I started to tune into that and trust that was I started playing with it. So I started asking, I would like ask at the start of my day, there's this beautiful um, app, man, for your listeners. If you want to start tuning into your intuition and playing and, and, and tuning into that intuition, your gut feeling and, and trusting that there is a divine intelligence runs through all of us. Um, there's an app called the five minute journal. I think it costs like five bucks or might even be free now. And they, it's, it's a, they send you a motivational quote. You take a photo in the morning. They ask you what three things you're grateful for and what's three things you're going to do to make today great. Now, what I started to do was with that, uh, I'd play with the universe, man, because all of these gut feelings and signs, like, is this real or is this me just making this shit up? I, those, those three things, how to make um, today great. I'd like, I'm going to put, I want to put a smile on three strangers' faces. So that meant that the universe had to provide me three strangers. And then it kept happening again and again and again. So I would just build it because I was having direct experiences. I started, kept trusting that. So I started playing with, I wanted me to set of twins. That day I made a set of ten, twins. Like, what is this? Like, what, what, what is this? And so, yeah, man, the, uh, and could, to circle back also. So that's just how to sharpen your intuition, like asking for science, asking to, asking to hear a song, uh, asking to see a certain animal in a day, 
asking uh, a certain song to come on. Bro, this is super fun for your listeners. So back when I was single, man, I would sit before the, before the date, I would sit there, I'd get my playlist on my phone. I'm like, universe. Uh, and just be really clear with the intention. Universe, I'm going to scroll this. And when I stop this song, um, can you show me what this woman's going to be like through this music? And I'll go, <laughs> and then hit it, man. A hundred out of a hundred times. It was just like, oh my God. And I have this little internal joke with consciousness. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but yeah, back to like, like how do you trust the ineffective and the other one yeah. is, so those three energy centers that we have, we have head, heart and gut. And so the gut is that down in here. And so sometimes think, people think the gut, that, that intuition, that gut feeling is up in here. And so knowing that it's a, it's a feeling down in here, not up in here. I think that that was a big distinction because, like the mind, there's like that the, the mind can create all of that doubt and that fear, and then and, and try and humble you from going into situations or humble you from going to do that. And some people say that oh, I had this gut feeling not to talk, or I had this gut feeling to go into there, but was it really the gut, or was it you know, the ego trying to like, keep you safe as well? So, but yeah, okay, okay, you get that feeling, but then you're you're trying to understand, you're trying to understand it. For me, for me personally, I, and I'll be, I'll be honest, I went, I was a very, I was spiritual to a, I was spiritual to a certain point, but I'm also a logical thinker. And I was in this constant, like, not battle, but I was in this really strange, this really strange paradigm where I couldn't think of one thing or another. So I was like, okay, the logical aspect to my logical being is going to move a little further, is going to move a little further, but also spiritually, I'm going to push it to the side a little bit, not ignore it. Mm -hmm. I can't, you can't ignore it completely, but how can you understand, how can you understand it? Because it's a feeling, there's no logic there whatsoever. No, man, a hundred percent, man. There are just some things that we can't think our way out of. Okay. And the only way that we can actually move through that past or over it is actually to take action. What do you mean by that? So for instance, to say for like trauma, like to really forgive my dad for everything that he did. I can sit on a table, do energy work, and I can think and forgive and do all the meditations in the world. But then there's actually like, then like that is okay. But then what happens to my nervous system when I see him? Do I get to have that conversation? Like actually there's, I have to also take action as well. And I have to come and have a conversation with him. I can't think like, yes, we can logically do a lot of things, and we can think our way through a lot of things, but then also we actually need to take action, which is that trust, which is that feeling. Especially with the body, man. The body, body can't lie, man. Like if you look at the body language and muscle twitches and like all of the the nuances of where trauma is stored and everything, they can't lie, man. And so it's uh, it's interesting, man. Um, the, the body and those nuances. Going in, uh, going into the body. Um, how much of a how much of an influence is the nutrition to you? And um, what's your 
I like what's your under, what's your understanding, or where do you sit, or where do you sit with it, and how much of an aspect does it play in in your life, in this spiritual journey you're going into? Yeah, man, this is a beautiful question, and it's like um, it's literally been the last four years really gotten really clear on it because I played high level rugby league, so health was super important to me, man. But then I didn't have that spiritual aspect to myself. So it was like all health. Yeah. And then I went on that wayward journey now, and now it's everything. And so give you an example. So I, my value system, love is number one. No, number two is integrity. So when I, when I mapped out integrity, what that meant to me and the priority orders, it was like number one was my fiance. Number two was my children. Um, and number three was men's work. And that's how I would balance the priority orders. But I never had, when I first did that six years ago, I never had myself as number one before my partner. And so uh, there's, a, there's a massive thing that happened, right? The sitting contemplation is just like, oh my God, my health and spirituality are number one. So they go hand in hand, side by side with me because I understand that if this avatar, this vehicle is not at its prime, like how can I give my gifts to the world? How can I be of service to others, to myself, to my family, to my children? Now going deeper into that, um, I, now I'm realizing like it's like my gut health is super important everything starts from there man like the inside out game and so it used to be an outside in game like big muscles and the look and all that and, and that mobility but let now man, i would look after my gut like um and the, I, i'm not really equipped in that but like i've got some really beautiful mentors in my life like i'm like tyler tolman is an amazing dude i hit him up all the time about like um, advice and protocols and stuff and we have a naturopath that i see like pretty much every week she works in a, a health food store but just just learning and and looking in the body mechanics and since the last four years when myself and my family and introducing our kids to this at a really young age like prebiotics and teaching about this, this gut health stuff it's really like changed my philosophies and my beliefs pertaining to health um, but yeah, I, I really, for me personally, man, my health and my spirituality, um, that in, inside of integrity, they come first to me. So my health and my faith and, um, and just making sure that I don't ever, ever like, um, like allow anything to come into that. They're my kingdom, man. They're my non-negotiables. Hmm. Yeah. That's really, that's really, that's really fascinating. What does, what does health Sorry. What does her health look like for you? Yeah, another interesting question, man. So health, I feel, is like that body, mind, and soul. And so it's like there's the energetics, the health, nutrition, but also the mind. Um, so every, all, one of my programs, man, we call it MindFit. And so it's like we, we know, and, and a lot of people know, you want to get healthy body, you go into the gym. But then where do you, where do you go to keep your mind fit? Where do you go to build that muscle? And so that's hence why my program is called the Mind for Gym, man. Mm. And then what I teach is like, we need to connect that logical analytical thinking to the emotional body, but we don't want to be too logical. We don't want to be too emotional. We want to come meet in the middle. Hence my tattoo, man. We want to come from this place, bro. That's logical right. and heart, man. That's what it means to be mind fit. That's, and so, yeah, man. So for me, health is across all of those, man. Like it's the physical being, it's the energetic being, it's the, the mental, the spiritual, but across all the facets. So that that is what health encompasses for me. That's fan. That's fantastic. <clears throat> so you're you got this you got your spirit, you got your spiritual aspect, you got your physical aspect. 
where like where do you see where do you see in your life a space for you a space for you to grow at the moment where's where's somewhere at the moment that you're working on that needs that extra step that extra layer that actual what yeah man so there's two main areas bro and so number one is i'm also with that health when i say physical body with that physical body is also the emotional body as well yeah yeah so that and so inside that with um so at the moment um i've got a slip disc in my back so my physical body is sore so that's one area of rehab that i'm doing because i enjoy lifting weights and then strength training and surfing and being active so now that's my work to be easy and gentle on myself and do rehab actually i've got three um the other area is with i would say with my emotion of anger and so i'm in a committed relationship we have three young children eldest boys four so four four kids three kids under four so there's a and, and i run my own business i have 10 people work for me with me um so there's a lot of pressure that i feel which yeah. i i've called in and so uh, i have noticed over the past couple and i'm getting married this year so all my commitment issues are going to come up and this is where all this frustration and in and out and like i'm wanting like me wanting to be in and out and like can i fully commit can she fully commit all this mental chatter that i'm being with so just ensuring that this anger doesn't spill onto the people that I love the most because I've noticed that I have an explosive behavior and conditioning wise. So football, I got celebrated the more aggressive I was and the faster I reacted. Job sites, I was a foreman. It's my way, the highway, this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. And it was like the, the more direct I was, the more celebrated. That doesn't work in family. That doesn't work in fatherhood. So that's my other work. And so, yeah, man, I did a six-hour assisted uh, psychotherapy session about four, five weeks ago, man. It was phenomenal, man. It was amazing. Uh, it was with MD and um, psilocybin. And just to look at the timelines, different, uh, just the, like, you know, the projections of, like, like, my partner might be doing something, but it's nothing to do with her. She, it was like my wound with my mum. Um, it was really beautiful to become aware of that. Now, the third one is... Um, me and money, bro. So I was, I've been addicted. I had been addicted to gambling a lot of my life, man. And uh, my mum had been as well. And so money had been a thing for me, man. And so it, it took me like, I'm now a, a businessman. And it, um, at the fir- I remember first becoming an entrepreneur. I see money come in my bank, thinking that all of that was mine. Wouldn't put any money away for tax, all that kind of stuff. So I hadn't learned the money game. And so now that is still in, in effect. And so now we're just restructuring our finances and everything. And so there's going to be a pocket of money sitting in like our family expenses that I need to actually understand that we have a budget, we've got to stick to that. And so it's going to be over all that. So they're the three focuses at the moment, man, that I'm, um, that I'm leaning into. You've had a, there's been, there's been an experience with you um, with, with psychedelics or with him. Firstly, you had that crazy experience of the partying, the LSD end of that. Mm-hmm. And then you you used MDMA and mushrooms with this quote unquote healing aspect. Where do you like do you see do you see growth in it? Or do you like do you what process do you do you do you see in it? And yeah. like, 
I'm 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 so curious just to find uh, just to find out all about this because there is space for it. There absolutely there absolutely is, but it's the kind of person that's going into these experiences that really need to be wary of them. One hundred. Uh, so the very first thing I'd like to say uh, around um, say party drugs versus plant medicine. Uh, the first one. Uh, it- it gets you high and there's a euphoric experience and then the come down is super challenging, which is party drugs. With plant medicine, you have it and it's super challenging, can be super challenging. And then the euphoric thing is the integration afterwards. Now, yeah. that big thing was the integration afterwards. Now, I have a bee in my bonnet that there is some people my age and younger that have tried plant medicine now a serving medicine to other people sitting in a place where quote-unquote shamans would sit and don't have the experience or, or the foresight to be and hold that space because what we do with plant medicine what we do is we take a helicopter ride to the summit of the mountain a helicopter ride and then if that quote-unquote young shaman or the integration process and the protocol back isn't there for them to integrate back in their life, they're trying to navigate walking back down a hill by themselves. That's why breath work's super amazing because you actually walk that journey yourself and have to work it all the way back. Um, and yeah, man, it's for me, bro, the, and like the, the men that I've sat with, bro, the, I called one of them a shaman. He goes, do never call me that again. I wouldn't know what a shaman is for a breakfast, man. That's an identity. And so that level of awareness that they aren't doing it for validation. They're not feeding anything. They're the kind of people I sit with, man. These dudes are like 60, 70 year old. I remember the, when I sat with Aya, the gentleman to do his training, sat with the grandmother three times a week for three years straight. Like that is an initiation, man. But that's an initiation. He, yeah. It's his way of life. That's all he does. Yeah. And that's the kind of dude I sat with. When I sat with Peyote, exactly the same thing. This dude was even in it longer as a road man, longer than that. With this assisted journey, when I went on that assisted journey, man, the dude that was, there were six people there holding me in this psychotherapy session. Every single one of them had a different aspect of my brain and consciousness to only look at and then give me direct feedback about what was happening. And so, yeah, man, so for me, medicine is medicine and I use it to go inwards where I can't, when I'm having blocks, like I don't do it to feel good. I do it to discover. And so it was interesting, man, because it was coming prevalent as I started becoming this awareness or woke community, a lot of people were doing it. And I had massive apprehension, man. I've seen the darkness. Why would I want to go back and see that? I want to go back. Yeah. Why? But then I was, it was with all these brothers, man. The very first instance was CMB. We went to Joshua Tree in California, man, and we had LSD and mushrooms, and it was the most beautiful experience of my life. Um, but before we did it, man, these men held space for me for like three hours to talk through all of my fears and insecurities about my past because I didn't want that coming in. I didn't want to be out of control and then having all of that fear come back in, man. So, yeah, I just was really ensuring that i was held man and that and like it was on my terms and just I, for me like, another thing too man like so tobacco is a plant medicine 
And a lot of people abuse tobacco. So people that smoke cigarettes and addicted to cigarettes, the reason they're addicted is because they're addicted to the exhale because their life is so... <laughs> Mm. They come from the inhale that the cigarette is like the first time in the day that they actually have an exhale. I was addicted to smoking as well. Now I'm through, I'm going to use for a better word, shamans. So through shamans teaching me how that much respect they have for tobacco, Mm. I now have that same respect for tobacco. And they've taught me how like you never ever light it before giving an offering back to where it came from how to say thank you for it and be with it. And so now I've got a, my tobacco sitting here, man. It sits here, but it sits there. That'll sit there for another month, two months until I go into the work, until I go into the retreat. And it can sit there, man. It doesn't have me anymore. I do not need that, but I have a connection with it and I use it for a certain part of my life, which is in that men's space, that deep work of men's space, man. It's like any vice, man. Like, I know people that have been addicted to harpay, which is a beautiful medicine, but they're using it every single day so they can feel themselves. Right. What, I, what I've realized is that we don't need plant medicine to feel that, man. It gives us a glimpse, but then it gives us a glimpse of what we can actually, the, re, the realness of what's going on. But then can we bring that back into here? Can we feel that without it? Because we don't need it to feel that. That's, a, yeah. That's my take on it, man. That's the ne- that's the next that's the next thing because you go into this experience you feel what you feel or the or the experiences or all of the lessons learnt, but where there's an up there's a down, mm-hmm. and not an up that there's a down, but it's like you go up and then you and then you start to bring up and then you and then you try remember all the epic things that you've learnt. Um, so what's the kind of a breath work that you are utilizing at the moment? Um, so, uh, I teach holotropic, so I facilitate holotropic breath work, um, though, uh, a beautiful brother of mine, man, and his, his partner. So Lucas Mack, uh, for your viewers, his name is Lucas, L-U-K-I-S, Mack, M-A-C, uh, and Hella Weston. They've got Awaken, Awaken Breathwork. At the moment, they're over in the, in the States. Um, they've just been doing breathwork with like, like the like of Aubrey Marcus, uh, Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, um, sure. And literally, man, like the, the rags to riches journey of my bro, man. We were sitting together, but he came, we ran a retreat together and he came to do a one-on-one session for me. Just about four or five years ago, we're sitting in, in my local spot by the beach and we sat down, man, and we're just talking about, man, if we had a million dollars, what would we be doing? And we just like, this man, exactly. We have everything, but the bank account hasn't reflected it, bro. And this is like three, four years ago. And then I remember sending a message like three months ago, man. Bro, remember what we said, bro. Like it's all caught up, man. It's all caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's got this uh, technique which is called Awaken. And if you, you go on his website and you download this technique, and it's, um, I call it a 10, 20, 30, they call it the Awaken Daily. Um, and it was, it's all mouth breathing, man, but they um, split it. So you do uh, t- a 10 breath and then a hold for 10 seconds, a 20 breath, um, and you hold for 20 seconds, then you do a 30 breath and hold your breath as long as you can. But then I do that and then go into like uh, rebirth into nose breathing, they do 50 rounds of like nose breathing. Then from that place, try to then separate myself, uh, and this is like my morning routine, separate myself to watch my body 
breathe without me doing it, without Blaze doing it, to separate and just watch the magic of the divine intelligence making that happen, man. So that, that, that's my morning routine, man, trying to get into that place is to remember that, oh, my God, how amazing is that? Like, like that, that seven-year-old, like, war or, like, awe and wonderment, man, of life and nuances. So that's what I'm using at the moment, bro. Um, yeah. So for people that are going to be listening to this, so what's a starting a practice that, that they can implement yeah. today? Right now. Uh, we'll right do it now. all together. Right now. We'll do it together, man. So uh, we did the thing called calm birthing, uh, and they taught us this. It's super simple. And this is the very first thing I teach every single one of my clients, like every single one of us, because we never got taught how to consciously breathe. So we are supposed to be taking the breath into the belly, not up into the, into the lungs. And so um, it's uh, when, uh, when we, this reset breath, we take it into the nose, out through the mouth, we do three breaths. Top of the third breath, we hold that breath for as long as we want and let that exhale out. What it does, it resets the nervous system, you feel lighter, you bring back in presence back into this present moment. Um, the um, uh, yeah, we did it in calm birthing. So we wanted to bring our children into the world and every existence without that trauma and that like screaming and all of that kind of stuff. So we were doing breathing techniques and training those breathing techniques. And as a man, I want to know how I best could support my partner. So like, what's my role in this? And so if she was getting too hyped up, I was like, hey, baby, let's do a reset together. And so she knew to do this. And it literally just calms back their nervous system. That, especially that hole. That hole allows the body just to burn up everything that we don't need. Like, ah. like we sigh, man. We sigh. But it's like, oh, we let that out. Um, so what it does, it brings us back to this present moment. The way I teach with all my clients, they've got to set alarm uh, eight times a day for 90 days straight. And then so we're consciously breathing. So a lot of the time when we're in, in, in an uh, anxiety is excitement without the breath. And so... If any time we're feeling anxious, we do this. But why only do it then? Why not train us to be habitually do this all the time? When we train ourselves to consciously breathe, you're then going to have a pocket of air in your belly all of the time. And you look like uh, you know, those little Ethiopian kids they see on the TV with a little pocket of belly. You look like that. Now, the reason why do we want oxygen stored in our belly? So that if we can hold oxygen in there, there's a, a nerve called the phenric nerve sends a signal up to the brain saying, hey, big fella, you, you have enough oxygen to cognitively think. So we can actually like be present because what happens is like me and you right now, we are above the line of consciousness. We are, we are aware, we are here, we're here in this present moment. We're not thinking about tomorrow or the next question. You'll listen to me, I'm listening to you. When we get triggered, reptilian brain comes off fight, flight, freeze, repeat, which is an involuntary response. We go under that chemical concoction, we lose all of the oxygen from the brain, goes in the body, we go into that, and that's anxiety. Coming <laughs> scarcity. <Yeah. laughs> so why not just consciously breathe all the time so we can actually respond to that flight, flight response which happens all the time a lot more quickly and effectively. And so do you want to do one with me, man? Sure. Let's go for it. So, yeah, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Hold the third one on the top of the third breath. Okay. Go breathing. And out. Inhale. Out through the mouth. Inhale.
and let that breath go. It's so easy. It's as easy as that. How magic, man. Um, yeah, breath. We, we named our eldest boy. His name's Breath. Seriously. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Mate, this has been unfucking believable. You have such an insane story. And it, it's my absolute pleasure just to hear it and sit with you and just yeah this has just been awesome <laughs> thanks man I, I really appreciate the questions that you asked me man like um just those those pivotal moments man like that sitting in that padded cell and oh man yeah thank you so much it was a, it was really beautiful man and thank you and to all your listeners there i hope you were able to take some gold nuggets away and implement in real time um, some, some stuff just to help you where you're at right now. Where where can people find you? Um, so, yeah, on my website, which is my name, blazewinner.com. Um, Blaze is spelled with an S, B-L-A-S-E. Uh, on Facebook, if you want to direct me, hit me on a message, just hit me on a message, I, I reply to everyone. Or, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> yeah, I reply to everyone. Uh, sometimes I've had to cut out boundaries and, you know, they, they go, I'll reply to everyone. Final question before we wrap up today. Mm -hmm. If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give him 10 seconds of advice, what would it be? Don't stress it, man. You're a gangster. It all works out. Beautiful. Blaze, mate, I really appreciate this. And thank you. You're doing some incredible stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to see where I'm stoked to see where, where life's going to go with you. So cheers. Uh, thanks man much love bye everybody really appreciate you listening to the episode if you had a light bulb moment or that aha moment it goes such a long way if you could take 20 seconds and leave a five star written review screenshot the episode and share it to your stories and make sure you tag me for that shout out.